are so excited that you joined us for worship. Our pastors and church family are praying that the favor of God will be on your life and that this word will help propel you into greater purpose. We hope that you are blessed by the following message. Amen. Be seated. That just blessed me. Glory to God. Um, Luke chapter 14, verse 16. We're going to continue in this series. I'm going to try to get to this message. Pastor Greg will tell you I about halfway got through it in Compton, but I'm going to do my best to preach this today to the best of my ability for you to receive what God wants to release to you today. How many of you are happy to be in the house of the Lord? I mean, that's important. If somebody drags you here today, I'm so sorry. But some of us just real happy to be in the house of God, and I am. I'm one of them. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. The Bible says, then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many, sent to his servant at supper time to say those to those who were invited, come, all things are now ready. Let's jump down to verse number 21. Verse 21 says, so that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor the maimed the lame and the blind I want to minister a message this afternoon entitled I'm accepted I'm accepted thank you so much um, I, I love this new series already last week was a week of confrontation um, God dealt with us as it relates to how we've understood community, how we receive family, how we've understood the table. And I think those kind of moments are really great and, and it's good and it's an important, but we want to move even further into this thought. Um, we, we've been in Luke chapter 14 and we've been dealing with this parable. And as I told you last week, Jesus was the master storyteller. And Jesus would tell stories using all kinds of symbols, using all kinds of people um, in and objects he would tell these stories in order to get some kind of truth to you to get some kind of uh, spiritual truth to your life and and our, our, our parable for today is an amazing amazing parable centered around a feast at a table everybody say the table the table represents here in this story the kingdom of God and the house of God. I said that last week, but it's worth reviewing. The kingdom of God and the house of God. That's what the table represents. Um, the table is the place where destinies and people intersect. The place where destinies and people intersect, where God builds community, where he builds a people, where he connects people together for the upbuilding of their life and their growth and their becoming. Are you rocking with me so far? As we go back into Luke chapter 14, verse number 16, the Bible says that a certain man gave a great supper. And I want to build today the context so you can really understand what God is saying to you. That certain man there represents God himself. Okay, represents God himself. So the, the picture that, uh, that the author is trying to paint today is that God himself set up a feast. He set up a table, the kingdom of God, the house of God. And he sent out invitations to many. Verses 18 
all the way through 20, I'm not, I'm just going to just tap it one time. I can't get into it because it's next week's message. But, but I want to say to you that in 18 through 20, the, 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 uh, the host of, of this particular gathering was faced with a bunch of excuses. Uh, a bunch of excuses. And, and uh, I, I'm so tempted to just get into this right now. But I'm going to save it to next week. But the, the, the excuses that we often offer up to uh, the master of why we cannot receive his invitation to the next level. Uh, my God. So, so in, 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 in response to the excuses, come next week. I promise you'll be blessed. Uh, in verse 21, we see that the Bible says the servant came back. To tell these things to his master. So the master, remember, represents God, right? I want you to see what God did. The Bible says, then the master of the house being angry. Wow. So we, we know the size of God where he just, oh, you know, oh, how God loves me. Oh, how he loves me. We, we, just, we know he loves us so much, and he does at all times. He loves us. His love never runs dry. But there are also things that can make God angry. There were things, and I'll give you one, God is angry when he sees his children walking into demise. Demise in your destiny, demise in your life. That kind of thing angers your father. He becomes full of fury. God is also a jealous God. And when we choose things over him, the Bible makes it clear that God becomes angry. Y'all in here today? So God here, he becomes angry at excuses. I'm going to bless the hell out of that next week. I promise. So he becomes angry at excuses. He's frustrated because of excuses. And so he says something to his servant, and I want to focus in on it. He says, go out quickly. Let's pause for a minute. Uh, quickly doesn't mean a lot to some American Christians because most things we want in life we want it fast but we move slow I, I came locked in with an amen uh, we, we want everything fast come on fast food doesn't move fast enough the microwave doesn't move fast enough nothing moves fast enough for us but we move slow uh, we get into positions in life where God is knocking at the door of our life, calling us to progress and to move forward and to become who he called for us to become. But we are the tortoise. We are moving slow. We, we are moving slow, slow, slow. And God is standing there saying, hey, I'm a time management guy. I need you to move quickly. I mean, this is not the first time we heard him say move quickly. God even dealt with that. With, and I don't, you know, I don't often preach about haters, but just let's pause for a minute and deal with the topic very, very quickly. Is that we see Jesus when he was dealing with Judas. Judas. Judas came to him and Judas was acting a little funny. You know, Jesus like, you ain't fooling me. <laughs> I know you're up to something funny. I know you're about to do something strange. And so he said, whatever you do, do it quickly. 
he's like I'm a time management guy I don't have time to waste with you I don't have time to play I don't have time to play games with you Judas if you're gonna act up go and act up huh ah some of you you're afraid of adversity but you need to start telling adversity and the people that is locked in adversity whatever you're gonna do man just do it you're gonna betray me go and do it you're gonna leave me go and do it you're gonna act the fool go and do it look at somebody look like they already annoyed by my message and say do it do it do it It's not the only time we see him managing time. Remember this man began to do miracles. And as he was doing a miracle, he would say, shh, don't tell anybody. He said, because my time has not yet come. This man understood the management of time. He ruled time. He could have easily put in this parable that the master just told uh, his servant to go. But he didn't just say go. He said go quickly. Why quickly? Because time is of the essence. Y'all quiet in here like an Anglican Catholic reunion of churches. You must understand that God wants to pull you into place of his timing. There is a hurting world that is out there right now and we can't move at the pace we've been moving Zion. We cannot move at the level we've been moving. The world needs what's on the inside of you. You've got to write that book. You've got to start that ministry. You've got to become who God called you to become. You've got to deal with your character issues. You've got to deal with your attitude. You've got to deal with what's happening inside of you and you've got to do it quickly. You've got to move fast, Zion, because the world is waiting for people of the Bible says it like this, that the earth is moaning and groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God the world is waiting on you to realize who you were and who you supposed to be God is saying move quickly preach sermon thank you sermon move quickly quickly I feel this in my soul today no more delay the devil ain't slowing you down you liar it ain't the devil God ain't slowing you down that's a lie to it ain't God you delaying yourself with your lazy behind you delaying yourself nobody else has the power to slow you down but you because the Bible says even though the weapon is far it ain't got to prosper and the only reason the weapon is work it's because you letting it work but I wish I had about 50 people to say I'm about to move quickly I got somewhere to go I got something to do I got people connected to my yes. There's stuff connected to what I do. I'm not just some normal Christian just going to church trying to make it. Baby, I came in here to get this word so I can go out there and change the world. I came in here to get this good word so I can go out there and transform society. The time is... You've got to understand what God is. He said quickly sit down please you're pushing me too fast quickly 
quickly. 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 You cannot wait for 2018. You can't wait for January 1. You got to build it now. So it's ready to be shot off like an arrow into 2018. <laughs> I'm showing up to 2018 like a gangster. Like what you want to? Y'all are playing it here. I'm showing up to 2018 like I already been here two months ago. I'm showing up to 2018 like what? gonna make me like that you preaching in here Sherman you, you, you make me like the sons of Issachar to discern the times and seasons in God that you can I'm no longer gonna be caught by surprise because I know what time it is I'm no longer gonna be cut off God you ought to be sick of being cut off God you ought to be sick of being behind schedule baby I done looked at a clock in the spirit and I know what time it is so he says go quickly. He says go quickly. And he tells him to go into two places. He tells him to go into two places. He said go into the streets and go into the lanes of the city. Now maybe I'm a little special and I know I am. But as I began to read that, I was like, well, ain't that the same thing? Streets, lanes of the city? I'm confused, God. Why did you say it like that? I thought it was the same thing. Maybe I'm just special, you know. Uh, but I look at it like, sound like the same thing to me. Streets and lanes of the city. So I decided there had to be more in there. There had to be something else behind this. So I went, Vera, uh, to, to the original language it was written in. And to get a deeper understanding so I could grow up a little bit and know what God was trying to say to me. And when I went in further, I saw that the streets meant a broad place. A wide place. It's going to make sense in a minute. Just stay with me. Uh, and, 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 then, and then I understood that the, the lanes of the city meant a narrow or crowded place. I said, okay, God, talk to me. What you saying? He said, Sherman, I'm sending my people out to bring people in from every place of origin. It's going to make sense. Just stay with me. Uh, uh, he, said, he said, I'm sending them to bring people in from the wide places. I'm, I, I, and I'm telling him to bring people in from the narrow places. What is, what is, why is there the difference? Because God wanted us to comprehend and to understand that all of us come from different backgrounds and different stories. But why the street? Because it represents the journey of an individual. And so he's saying it doesn't matter what kind of journey you were on. Whether it was a wide journey, a narrow journey. Whether you came out of suburbia America. Or whether you came out from the ghetto, baby. No matter if you had a whole lot of money. Or whether you had no money at all. Doesn't matter if you came from a place where you had lots of love from your family. Or a place where your mama couldn't stand your guts. He said, I want you to go out and I want you to bring them all in. Now, this is important today because many of us have felt like our story disqualifies us. 
This is why, this is why you ought to smile today. Because God is saying that you, look at your neighbor and say, yes, you. Yeah, you have a place at his table. Oh my God, they told me I couldn't sit down. This is my church, I do what I want to. It's important for you to understand that you've got to get to the place of comprehending song reproduction team. You've got to get to the place where you understand that God saying I've got a place for you at the table I got a seat for you at the table it doesn't matter what the journey has been it doesn't matter what the story has been it doesn't matter what has happened in your life you've got a seat at the table and God is raising up a table in America a people that will go out and bring everybody bring everybody bring everybody I mean everybody everybody that's been in the good times God Almighty. Everything about it has been in the bad times. And let them know there's a seat for you at the table. Let them know there's a place for you at the table. I don't care if you was a crack addict, there's a place. I don't care if you used to smoke this and that, there's a place. I don't care if you used to be the biggest hole on your street, baby. There's a place for you at the table. He says, so I got it. I want you to understand, Mr. Servant, when you go out to get him, he was trying to tell him, he said, don't judge. The revelation was no prejudgment. You don't get to judge. Oh, I'm about to mess with you church people today. You don't get to judge. God's been raking me over the coals this week in my prayer time. And every little bit of ounce of judgment that's still in me, he's been dealing with. And I'm telling you, he's been messing with me all week long. About every bit inside of me that still judges people after they mess up. That still gets to a place sometimes, y'all don't want to work in here. Because you don't want to be truthful that you still got a little bit of judge in you. You still got a little bit of judge oh my god if a man were to walk in this building right now all dirty and smelly all you church people would assume they were homeless before you ever knew their story you wouldn't have thought that maybe the man uh, fell and rolled into a ditch around the corner and somehow got dirty. But no, because he came in here smelling or looking a particular way, now you line out his whole story. I wish some people that would just get indignant with me and look at somebody and say, don't judge me. You don't know where I came from. Don't judge me. You don't know my story. Don't judge me. You don't know what I've been through it took everything for me to get in that car and come into the house of the Lord it took everything for me to get past my heartache and to get past my pain and to press my way to Jesus and I want to come to a place where people will not judge me doesn't matter the road you have taken there's a place for you <laughs> please sit down there's a there's a place for you there's a place for you I really believe this in my heart 
I really believe that God is possible. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I've been in church my entire life and I, I've seen so much. I've seen so much. I've seen so much all over the place. I've seen so much in other churches. I've seen much in my own church. And, but, but I have the hope to believe and I've seen it here at Kingdom Culture. So I know it's possible to create a space where people from all kinds of backgrounds and stories and journeys can love one another and be in unity and love each other in spite of our dysfunctions. Oh my God. Because remember, God said in his house, remember I told you last week, one of the resources at the table is mercy. Mercy, 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 mercy. And mercy, remember I told you, cancels out the judgment. Mercy cancels out the judgment. And God is making us a house on another level of mercy. I wish y'all get this. Ah, you better listen to me. I don't care what you do in this house. If you a greeter, you better study mercy. If you work in Kids Inc., you better get a hold of mercy. If you on the worship team, I said get a hold of mercy. Because the ones that God is about to send on the wings of this word are not going to need anybody to try to figure them out before they get a chance to connect with God themselves. They need to be hit with mercy. You know what you came out of. You know how messed up you are. You know how much of a can't get right individual you used to be. How dare you judge. You've got to get mercy. Uh, mercy, 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 mercy has to be everywhere. You understand? I mean, mercy has to be all over this house because God is making us a table for many. Uh, so he says there's this room. I told you last week that there's room and there's resource at the table. Resource being grace and mercy that I talked to you about last week. And then, then, then I told you that there's room. There's enough room for all of us to be at the table. The scripture goes on and lists four different types of people that the master representing God himself said to go and bring in. Four different kinds of people. Here's the first one, the poor. The poor. The master says, go and bring me the poor. Let's deal with this today. The poor are those who are lacking resource. Uh, whether that be whether that be naturally or spiritually. The poor lacking resource. And we have created tables around the world where people who have had the lack of resources have not felt comfortable. They didn't feel comfortable. Because people around them had what they didn't have. Or the people who had didn't hang out with the people who didn't have. See, see that's the power of the table. See? see, the power of the table is that the rich and the poor sit at the same table. Oh, no. See, 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 the table, the house of God makes a leveling ground that says you're not better than me because you got paper. Oh, my God. Paper don't determine how great or how awesome you are. Paper don't mean that I'm less than because I don't have it. The table says if you got paper, 
sit down if you don't have it sit down and because we at the same table because you don't have it I'll teach you how to get it y'all missed it huh? if I got it and you don't got it have it when we at the same table together we have the power to Acts chapter 2 said we have all things in common and so if I've got the revelation on how to get this paper I'm gonna teach you how to get it y'all ain't said nothing in here you ought to be happy to be at a table with some people that got some paper y'all Learn a little something. So he says, I make a place for the poor. I'll never forget when we first started kingdom culture. Um, started with a very small group of people, but I'll never forget receiving a communication from a lady because something had happened in our church stopped her from coming. And it was, it was a particular Christmas um, where the iPads were becoming higher in circulation. My five, four or five, I can't remember how old he was at that time, year old, received an iPad for Christmas. Not from me, from his grandmother. <laughs> I don't buy them kind of things for little kids. So, he got this iPad. And around that time, a couple of other people in the congregation, we we're very small, um, had gotten a couple of iPads as well. This lady sent the communication stating, I cannot come back to church because I feel like everybody else has and I don't have nothing. That even the pastor's son has an iPad. And I don't feel welcome. Now to some of you, you're like, I mean, get your life. Really, lady? But then you cannot judge a person's journey. Until you know what it's like to not have nothing. And, and the self-confidence struggle that a person lacking resources has. And some of y'all looking at me a little strange, but you know what I'm talking about. You seen people with a man and you like, I feel some kind of way. Y'all ain't said nothing. Some of y'all saw Cardi B get engaged and lost your mind. I mean, y'all had a sore hissy fit in y'all houses. Because you're like, how the, did Cardi B get a man? And I've been serving the Lord all my life and still single. Y'all ain't said nothing here. I wish somebody be honest in here. Sometime you will look at what other people have and be like, what is going on? I don't dance no more. I make money moves. Well, ma'am, I mean, you're doing something. You know what it feels like, some of us, to look at what somebody has and to not on purpose, but to begin to compare yourself. I wept as this woman, as I read this communication from this lady, and I had to have a conversation with her to tell her, this is your house. I had to help her know, first of all, I had to tell her, majority of people in this church is college students and poor people. They have no money, baby. <laughs> Number one, we are all actually in a common place, first of all. Secondarily, <laughs> the couple of people that got these little iPads was gifts. They didn't buy for themselves. But even if they had it, I told her, we have the common place of Jesus. That's why we can all sit at the table. This is important because some people in the room right now, you feel like you're lacking resource. 
But I want you to know that at the table, when you're seated at the right table, y'all, you get the kind of food that gives you strategy on how to come out of how you came in. Y'all. What we messed up is that we tried to fix people before they came in. Before they ever got able to walk through the door, we tried to fix them. But I believe God is creating tables around America where you let them get in. Let them have a seat for a while. And then let Jesus start working on them to bring them out. Jesus is big enough to deal with folks' issues. We don't need you to do his pre-work. So the poor, uh, poor, the poor. I, I remember when we first started, we were so serious about building a house that we would go door to door, knocking on the doors of this community, letting people know we were here to serve them, that we loved them, that we cared for them. And not only that, we loved people so much that after... After the worship experience, if they didn't come to church back then, we had, we had the time and energy personally. We didn't have as many folks that we could do this then. We would go do drive-bys after church. So if you didn't come to church, we come find you. I ain't lying. And we would go and knock on doors. And I'll never forget the day that I knocked on the door of a lady and I said, where were you today? Y'all just get it in text now. <laughs> That's me knocking on your door. Glory to God. And so I said, where were you today? And she said, Pastor, I didn't feel like I could come to church. The reason why I felt like I could come to church is because there's a part of my story you don't know about. She said, the only way I can take care of my kids is if I sleep with men. I'm a prostitute, Pastor. I said, so? <laughs> she said, huh? I said, so what? Like, you don't need to stay in that place. We want you to get free. But baby, there's a seat for you at the table. Y'all y'all don't want to work in here. Because y'all used to them pastors that'll look at you in your sin and say, you can't come up in here. But I hugged that baby right where she was. And I said, I better see her behind in church next week. Prostitute and all. And we'll walk you through the process so that you can get free. I wish somebody say, there's room at the table. Stop for a minute. This, this is second type. The second type of place, person that he went to get was the maimed. To be maimed meaning you were missing a foot. You were unstable. 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 And what the Lord talked to me about this week in my prayer time as he's dealt with me. As he says, Sherman, I want to remind you what I told you years ago. You can't just judge the instability of people off the surface. Because sometimes people are unstable because of root causes. Y'all don't want to work with me in here. 
And if you judge somebody based upon their in and out, up and down, here one week, gone another month, we don't see you no more. Instability. Uh, seem like you want God, didn't seem like you don't want God. Instability. Want to live holy? Don't want to live holy. Instability. It's instability in your mind. It is always connected to some kind of root. And our job at the table is to find the root system and not just judge the fruit. <laughs> Y'all don't want to work with me. See, the right table will start asking you questions. And that's what some of y'all call getting in your business. But you're just dysfunctional. It's called a root inspection. Because if we can find out what's going on with you, we can service you. Why are they always asking me what I was doing? I'm grown. I was where I was. What you asking me for who I was with and what I was doing? Because when you're at the right table, somebody holler the right one, the right one, the right one. When you're at the right table, we don't want you just to be here. We want you to be here healed. We want you to be here delivered. We want you to be here set free. That's going to take some root inspection. They're going to take some time and some effort to find out why you act the way you act. Never forget there was a man who was in and out of our church. And uh, he was struggling, going through some things. And I had some thoughts of what was happening. His wife called us. You'll remember this, Dr. Chiquette. 12 in the morning saying, come, please, come. We at that time lived in Victorville. Church was down here in San Bernardino. We got into our car. Woke up in the morning, drove down here to San Bernardino, right up the street. Walked in and the wife said, I'm convinced that he's on some type of drug. At that time I was working at Victor Valley Rescue Mission in Victorville and I had tests. I was working with men that we were taking through the process of becoming sober and transitioning back into life. It was what I did. So I had some tests and I said, I'm going to come over. I'm going to test him. We'll find out today if he's on something. Got into the house. When I saw him, I could see the shame on his face. And I told him today, I said, listen, I'm going to test you today, but before I even get the results, I got to tell you something. I accept you. I, I accept you before I know for sure. I believe I know what I know. But before I even know for sure, I want you to know you're accepted here. It doesn't matter what kind of drug you've been on. Doesn't matter how long you've been on this drug. And I hugged him and I told him, I will never stop loving you. He went, took the test, came out. The test was positive. For years, this man came in and out of our church. Up and down. Gone for days. Gone for weeks. But what I loved about this church is that every time he walked in, it was like the prodigal son came back home. Oh. He was hugged. He was loved. He was cared for. And the Lord messed me up in my preparation time this week and said, kingdom culture, we can never begin to run far from where we began. We cannot get so big that we stop going. And I can't go anymore personally, but we've got we've to be able to go to doors. we got to be that church that shows up at your house. 
We, we got to be that kind of church to say, I'm not going to let you go. I know you messed up. I know you did wrong. I know you jacked up, but I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to put you in the place where, where you feel rejected anymore. I'm going to chase after you. I'm going to connect with you until you become better, until you grow. Until you are who God created you to become. And I remember holding that man every single time. And I think every time he said, I thought you guys had given up on me. I told him, I said, the only way that you're going to get pushed out of here is if you push yourself out. The maimed. Yeah, they're unstable. But you got to go and find out where the instability is coming from. Here's the third one. The lame. Those that can't walk at all. They have no progression. And sometimes we judge people's progression. We say you should be at this place by now. By now you should have X, Y, and Z. By now you should have done this, that, and the other. And don't get me wrong, there should be measurements in life and there should be ways that you should be able to help people. But we've got to be committed to help people even in their process. We've got to be willing to help people even in their circumstances and their situation. This is the kind of table we are. Where anybody can be seated. No matter how broken and messed up that you are. I remember one of my daughters, spiritual daughters came. And when they came to the house, they came to the house bipolar. Dealing with a real certification of this disease. And I remember she was not progressing forward. She was not becoming who God created her to become. But because of a house that said, even in the midst of you not progressing, there's a seat for you. You can sit at this table. And as you're seated at this table, we're not just going to watch you be messed up. We're going to cast the devil out of you. Hello in here. We're going to counsel you. And we're going to give you the resources to make you better. I said something to her. I said, in order for you to progress to your next level, you got to stop receiving that SSI check. I know I just messed with about 20% of you in here. I said, because as long as you take that check, you're taking on the diagnosis of what they said about you. I said, go and see a counselor. Go and see your psychiatrist. Let them re-diagnose you. After she went through deliverance and counseling, she walked in to the building and they said, you don't, you, don't, you don't have that. She said, Apostle, how am I going to live? I depend upon that check. I said, before you go and turn yourself in, <laughs> before you go and reject that check, I'm going to teach you faith. I'm going to teach you how to trust God. I'm going to teach you how to believe that God will bring you out and God will take care of you at every point of the way. Then I want you to tell them people, keep their daggone check. 
And I'll never forget the day that she texted me. Hold it together, Sherman. The day she texted me and said, Pastor, I told them that I no longer need the check. And she said, you don't know what kind of freedom that I felt and what I received in my life because I refused that check. And if there wasn't a table, y'all, if there wasn't a place where the broken could come, if there wasn't a place where the messed up could be, if there wasn't a place that not only you could come in your brokenness, but you can become whole and you can become better. Y'all, we got to build a table in America. We got to build a table in this house. And the Lord is about to bring in the maid. He's going to bring in the lame. Listen to me. He's going to bring in the blind. I got to go. He's going to bring in the blind. When you have sight, you'll never understand what it's like to be blind. People judge people who have no vision. People judge people that seem like they just live in it and don't have no idea where they're going. People judge people because you don't even know what you want to be in life. You don't even know where you want to go and they just coasted through life and they're being judged. But God wants to create a place where we begin to cry out and ask God to give us empathy for those around us. I don't have to have walked through your journey to help you get free from it. My father said that this weekend it jacked me up. I don't have to have walked through your circumstance to help you get out of yours. But I can go somewhere and pray to the man that has been touched at every point. And say, Jesus, give me a heart for the blind. I'm not that individual. I've seen all my life. I've had vision all my life. I'm not the individual that's been without it. But it doesn't mean that I can't help the blind. It means that I have to go in prayer and ask God, break my heart. This week I found myself in prayer and I was in prayer praying, say, God, break my heart again. Where my heart has ever had any places of becoming hard. Break my heart again, God, that I can remember what it was like, Father. Help me, God, to understand the journey that people are going through. But until I understand and can comprehend their journey, I won't be able to help them on the level I need to help them. Y'all, we got to build a table. A table where the blind can come and receive restoration and healing and receive vision because we receive them before they get fixed. God is saying, I got a table. I don't know what church you've been to before this place. I don't know what kind of Christians you've dealt with. But I do want to repent. I want to repent on behalf of every single believer outside or within these walls that have ever made you feel like there wasn't room for you. I repent. I repent if it was something I did. I repent if it was something somebody else did in this body or a pastor before me to make you ever feel like there's not room for you at this table because God's word to you is that there's room. There's room for you. We're not going to go up as one individual. One there and one there going up. But we're going to go up together. We're going to walk in what God has created us to be.
you are accepted. I need you to do something. I need you to put your hand on your own chest right now and say, I am accepted. Come on, say it again. I am accepted. Come on, say it again. I am accepted. Because some of you need to say that again. Some of you who even, you've been a part of this church for years and you need to receive that. I am accepted. Come on, say it. I am accepted. Would you lift your hands? Father, thank you for your presence here. Let the revelation of this word not only hit this building, but let it hit everybody that's watching us online around the world. Let us understand that it's possible to gather together in our brokenness. To gather together, Father, in our brokenness and to not be judged but to be loved. There's a There's room. Father, let us receive it. Let us believe it. Let us walk therein. In Jesus' name. Listen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We would love for you to come worship with us here again at Kingdom Culture Worship Center. We are all about being real people, serving a real God, and changing lives. Have a blessed week.